Welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. And I'm Robin. And on this show, we break down some of the most controversial, complex, and even polarizing topics facing our society. We use honest, good faith analysis, backed by research, to form our conclusions. We promise to skew our bias toward what can be factually supported, and to make it clear when we're giving you our opinion versus speaking about actual research. We're human. We have blind spots and personal biases, and they will show up sometimes. But the goal of this show isn't to convince you to see things our way. We want to give everyone a foundational understanding of these complicated topics and present the most truthful information available so that we can discuss and address these issues in a thoughtful and beneficial way. We talk about some pretty heavy stuff on the show and we tackle topics that might feel polarizing. But we do that because we have an important goal in mind. We want to change the way people have hard conversations. And we think we can do that using research and discussion to create common understanding. And since you're here, we hope you want the same thing. So we suggest getting comfortable and maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. And today, as we celebrate episode 100, welcome to our fireside. Yes, that's our 100th yeah. welcome to our fr- Well, uh, I mean, technically, this is our 101st episode. We went back and forth on well, which one we are going to celebrate. But the, the, the earliest one, you can split this two ways. Yeah. We have one episode that I think we just missed. And we were just like, hey, sorry, we're missing this one. And we have one episode at the very beginning that's an intro. So take one of those out. We're at right, episode 100. Right, right. So. Yeah. 100 episodes of actual content. Yeah. Which That's is good. crazy, crazy to me. Um, this is, uh, we, because it's our episode 100, we're going to do what we want on this one. Yeah. And we're not researching jack all. Um, no. This isn't a, from the headlines. It's not a, uh, one of our lesser researched ones. Mm-mm. This is um, a behind the scenes, if you will, a retrospective maybe, um, yeah. but not like the last one we did. I don't know. It's just, we're just hanging out, guys. We're just hanging, we're just hanging out. out. We're going to ask each other some questions about the podcast. And and uh, if you like it, then great. And if you don't like it, we'll see you in a week. Yeah. So that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's what that's what we got today. That's it? Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is something that everybody might notice, anybody who watches the YouTube stuff would notice this uh is that we have usually a reference to dancing or something at the top of every episode we've mentioned it in a couple podcasts so far um we are always (laughs) humming something about dancing or something i edited out of the actual like published podcast we choose a song every week that has something to do with dancing as an interlude just for the two of us between the introduction and the actual <laughs> like meat of the episode yeah robin how the hell did that start because i don't remember uh so i think it started like in one of, in it was within the first five episodes probably um and we the way that the structure of the podcast worked is we would have the intro. We'd have a little bit of music, we'd have the intro, and then we'd have a bigger music break. And we would always just like bop around where that music break should be. And then I started writing in like groovy dance jam because that's 
what our initial uh, uh, podcast music sounded like. And then I started putting in a real actual groovy dance jam. And then from then on, it's just become like a thing. And I didn't know there were so many songs about dancing or that mention. It doesn't have to be about dancing, but as long as it mentions dancing. Right. um, Just references it. And yeah, like it's actually um, we have an entire well, we have 100 episodes now. So we've got 90 some odd songs that (laughs) reference dancing in some way, um, I think. Maybe maybe slightly less than that. We have the whole Fireside yeah. playlist, which has all of those songs in it, but also has some bonus songs that we just like. We yeah. should probably go through and uh, edit that one. <laughs> edit yeah, the playlist edit it down, down a little, little bit. bit. Change yeah, it up a little, little bit. Unwieldy at the moment. We'll curate it. Curate yeah. it. But we do have um, a Groovy Dance Jams playlist that we try to keep updated um, that is available to our patrons for sure um, to listen to if they would like to hear all of our groovy dance jams and know what we're bopping to yeah every week what we what we decided the dance jam of the week was it's usually it's usually a robin decision um she's got one oh i'm playing this one accidentally on the youtube recording so i better stop that oh copyright yep it's a (laughs) human right by the strike um so those of you watching youtube definitely got a few bars of the intro on that we're it's talking about jam. the songs. So it's fair use. It is an absolute bop. I just discovered that band this week, and uh, they're pretty damn enjoyable. Uh, yeah, got that heavy bass. Um, so yeah, that's just something silly. I don't know. Um, yeah, fun little quirk. Robin. Yeah. What was something you wanted to talk about for this for our one hundredth episode? Oh, gosh, man. I don't know. It's just crazy to me that that we've literally sat down to do this a hundred asterisk times. Like, it, this isn't something that I ever thought I would do. And then once we started doing it, I never thought it would be on video or on YouTube or anything like that. So it's just crazy to me that even after a hundred times, it's still... I don't know. It still feels new. It still feels... I'm I'm a microphone puncher. I talk with my hands. Um, But I'm supposed to have the microphone close to my face. So that's a problem. You are. You are. (laughs) It's a problem. It just still feels new and weird and awkward every single time. And I wouldn't think that it would after a hundred times, but it does. Yeah. um, I definitely... I remember back when we were talking about like getting to episode 10. We were like, man, if we make it to episode 10 and we can still do this, like that's that's how you like yeah. most podcasts don't make it past episode seven. Um, so episode 10 was like the goal. And that right. was back in the day. Like our original episodes were long. You can go back so and listen to those. Crazy. They were like two and a half, three hours long each. Um, yeah. But they were every other week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I think we ref- recommend people start in season two. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> right. Well, I think we switch to shorter episodes every week, probably, gosh, about halfway through season one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just there, there's only, there's just a handful of episodes, maybe 10 somewhere yeah. in there that are like long, long. I don't even we, know if it's that many. We do get much better at this in season two. <laughs> If you wanted to start there, we should probably go back and record um, remastered versions of the first several. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, our with the first thing, so, you know, we had uh, apple pie in the sky, high hopes uh, yeah, for, for this podcast when we first started it. And we came out of the gate stupid um, talking about systemic racism and not just like in an hour chunk, but like, I think we have like almost 10 hours. That's just talking about systemic racism and in three episodes. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, it's like an overwhelming amount. And that was back. Also, we, we, everybody who listens knows that we pseudo script all of the episodes now, um, mm-hmm. because otherwise we will, well, we'll make a three hour episode for one. Yeah. Um, and, and two, uh, it keeps us, it keeps us restricted to like making the point and moving on. But we had, we were talking, we were talking fast for three hours about a ton yeah. of sources and just um, statistics all topics. over the place. Yeah, it, it definitely, <laughs> well, it's 10 hours. We could do 10 episodes easily, uh, out of just those first three episodes now, if we, if yeah. we remixed them, um, good information. Oh, great information, but a lot. <laughs> a lot. As, uh, yeah. In our defense, we it was summer of 2020. We didn't really have a whole lot else to do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. We had time. Um, we had plenty of time. <laughs> we did have time. Yeah, it was summer of 2020. It was um, like George Floyd was big in the news. Um, which is why I think we started with systemic racism. Yeah. And yeah, it was, we were, we were heated. We were hot. We we're still heated, but we're a little yeah, we're more under control. We're just heated now. in 45 minutes now. 45 minutes. I think since we've started, you know, trying to maintain the 45 minute schedule, we've only managed maybe 30% of the episodes actually come in around 45 minutes and the rest right. are like 50 to 55 to an hour. But that's still okay. better than an hour 15, hour 20. Right. Because we were trying for an hour before and we were ending up at an hour and 15. So maybe this in season four, a- we'll make it to 45 minutes. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll aim for 30 minute episodes and we'll, we'll actually consistently hit 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, that'll be, that'll be the day. Yeah. Um, as somebody who edits all of these podcasts, first of all, need to mention, tried a new editing program a couple of weeks back for the espionage one. Oh uh, yeah. Descript. Yeah. That's why that one's so funky to listen to. Oh. <laughs> it did not work. Um, yeah. I, I don't mean, know it, it, it that works, it works well for audio edit. Yeah, it's not not what we need for a podcast. So that's why that one's the little choppy and, and jumpy. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's great for cutting still, out reels, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say you can use it for podcasting. I'm, I would need to see some more final product to see how it turns out. But yeah, yeah. I'll have to re-edit that episode and upload it at some point. I just legitimately have not had time in the past couple of weeks. Um, but the content's still good and it's still listenable. It's just a little different, a little more jarring to listen to. Not my best work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those initial episodes, they were three hours. Like I said, I think the first episode, it took me almost seven hours to edit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long day. I remember finishing it and being like, I cannot do this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When we're down to, I mean, edit time now, it doesn't take you more than, what, two, three hours? Uh, t- if 
on the outside, it's three hours. If it's a really um, rough one, if we had a lot of restarts or something, um, usually I can, if I'm like, <laughs> if I'm on my meds and I'm really like focused in on it, I can, I can get one knocked out in about an hour and a half. That's now. good. That's good. Um, but I, yeah, I've also started editing at 1.9 speed so i listen to yeah. it at double speed which is good and bad i sometimes like if there's a long gap it doesn't come through to my ear as much so there's a little give and take but i'm not as worried about like making it sound like the perfect audio production uh <laughs> like play that yeah in, in in initially um definitely for, learned a lot though forever uh, an npr podcast then we can definitely worry about that but until then, well, at that then. point, hopefully we'll have hired a, a, an editor, Yeah, um, you know, for making money. So that's something that I am looking at here now that we're in, in season three of this is we are, this is our 100th episode and we're averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of Hold on, I can look this up. What's our most listened to episode? Do you remember off the top of it your head? It is still Systemic Racism Part 1, 99 downloads. I mean, we're not, it's not a huge deal, but it is a huge deal to us. 99 people really? have listened to us talk about systemic racism for two and a half For hours. three hours, yeah. That I wonder if that's just because of the, because uh, it's been out the longest. Yeah, that's um, generally how it works and... If people find a new podcast, they'll grab what they'll listen to whatever episode caught their attention. And then a lot of times they'll just go back to the beginning. So mm. uh, systemic like, racism, oh, fast forward one and two and uh, the introduction and then bad apples and other arguments against systemic racism and then systemic racism part three. So <laughs> those four. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're at. Gosh, 3.4, roughly 1,000 downloads all time. So over the course of three years. In 2022, we've had 1,142 downloads um, uh, compared to 2021's 1,672 downloads. Uh, so, gosh, I remember our goal for last year was to get to 5,000 downloads overall. So that's something that's been very frustrating for us yeah. uh, to deal with is... Uh, getting traction for this, you know, for yeah. 100 episodes, <laughs> trying to to get people to tune in, which is why we, we rely on um, reviews, listener reviews, and why we ask you every week to, to leave a review. Um, because we love doing this, obviously. I think it should be apparent when we get roughly... 30 to 40 listens per episode uh, for, e for each new episode in a week. Um, we're not doing this for the fame and glory. Uh, um, but uh, it would be nice. It would yeah. be nice if we could, if we could start hitting that sort of growth curve. Um, but we understand it's a, not an easy listen on top of that. We talk about hard stuff. Yeah. So and we're grateful and for every single listen we do get. We kind of are in a catch 22 a little bit because a lot of what we talk about falls into the category of social issues and politics and 
um, and these sensitive topics. And the social media platforms right now are really scaling back on that content. They're really trying to avoid being a part of that polarizing political climate. And unfortunately, they don't listen to every episode of our podcast and understand that this isn't polarizing content. They pull out keywords and uh, in the text and, and how we choose to promote it. I think for um, <clears throat> for the Espionage Act episode, I think I actually used Pig Latin in the caption of the Instagram post to avoid saying the word president so as not to trigger the algorithm and not get that keyword picked up. So it's Interesting. Yeah. we either have to run ads all the time or try to figure out how to make it go and promote otherwise. Yeah. And we like, we, I don't want to be one of those like, uh, advertisers where we're sort of like using numbers and leet speak and stuff to, you know, hide what we're talking about from the algorithm. So it doesn't, right. um, which means that we have, we have to find other ways to get creative and, um, it's just hard. We're fighting for like, we need the algorithm to be on our side. And at the same time, we're fighting against the algorithm. Yeah. Um, and if you listen to our episode on the algorithm, you'd know that we both hate the, the concept of one algorithm, but it's yeah, it, short end. We're, we are fighting all of the changes that Instagram is making. We're fighting all of the, the battles that Facebook's trying to win because of their complicity and a lot of the problems that happened between 2016 and 2020. Yeah. And it really puts us in a, an awkward spot to try and help solve the problem when the tools that we all rely on to get our information are essentially just trying to ignore the problem right now, trying to pretend yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. They don't want to, uh, they don't want to end up in a lawsuit. Uh, and so they just don't do anything. Yeah. And, and if you think great. about the, just the hateful content, the hateful engagement that happens on political posts and political conversations. Um, it gets really, really nasty in the comments and yeah. that's not healthy. It's not healthy for people to engage with. That's not healthy for people to see the demographics of social media are getting younger and younger. And I fully support their effort to keep that kind of toxicity out, but it makes it hard to build a community where, you're trying to combat that. Yeah. Where you're just trying, where, where, where you're legitimately trying to have a, um, an informed conversation about it. And that's something that we realized really early on. Uh, and something that we probably should have realized earlier is like, even trying to promote the podcast in and of itself is, is divisive. Like as, as hard as we try not to be like, obviously we come down on one side of an issue personally. And oftentimes the data that we find is stronger towards one side. And that's kind of the problem is there's a massive, you know, disinformation or spin campaign that we're trying to cut through so people can make real decisions and have real conversations. But as soon as you take any side on it, um, or not even take a side, as, as soon as you present information yeah. about it. It does not matter what you are presenting. Literally doesn't matter. Somebody comes out and starts attacking it. 
It's the craziest thing. We can put the most benign thing on our social media and somebody is going to come and call us something horrible or say that we're idiots or something like that. And it's, I mean, we, (laughs) I remember we put up a, uh, an infographic that said that, um, white people would no longer have the majority of the population, Mm -hmm. like would no longer make up the majority of the population in the United States by like 2030 or 2035, something like that, or maybe it's 2050 near enough that most people looking, seeing it on social media will be alive for that time. (laughs) Right. And what it showed is that like the percentage of the population that would be white would be like 49 or 48% at that point. It's basically the crossover point. And my God, people, the number of comments we got of people yeah. coming out of the woodwork to be like, uh, it's still the largest proportion of the population. I don't know what this majority thing you're talking about is, but it looks like the majority to me and like trying to school us on what it meant for the population to be uh, plurality <laughs> white and not right. when they thought it was the same as majority. It was it was headache inducing. I almost I was so close and we can't behave like this, but I almost started posting the definition of majority on all of those comments. Yeah. So people would understand that just because you are the largest proportion of something does not make you the majority of something because mm-hmm. the majority is 50.1% if we want to put a number on it, over 50%, over 50% of the population. So so we will be in the near future, majority minority, which is an interesting phrase to say. It is. Honestly, we frankly can't get there soon enough. I mean. (laughs) Uh, For a lot of reasons. (laughs) The fewer people get sunburned, the better, right? Yes, cancer on the decline. Yes. Um, ready for a healthier, <laughs> less melanoma uh, prone population in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's absurd. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just that's something that I've I've noticed is like the struggle with even doing what we're doing at all. It like people a lot of people don't want to find common ground. They'll say it. But when it mm-hmm. comes down to it, they just don't want to. Um, and then a lot of the systems that we rely on don't support finding common ground, Uh, Facebook or social media in general thrives off of engagement and people are most likely to engage. We found Mm -hmm. with stuff they disagree with. So negative engagement drives the algorithm. So, um, that ad though, or yeah, that ad with the statistic I set for engagement, which meant Cause you can fine tune how an ad is shown, like the audience it's likely to see. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can set it for an audience that is most likely to click on it or to comment on it or, um, to engage with it, or it's most like other content that they consume, stuff like that. So we, we, as a podcast need engagement in order to drive the, the growth. So I foolishly set it for engagement which meant that Facebook showed it to a bunch of people that would absolutely hate the content so that yeah. they would comment on it and they would rage, rage click. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it trying to promote this podcast has been one of the most challenging marketing projects I've ever taken on. 
And I've been doing this job for, uh, let's see, almost 15 years now. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's really interesting. It's been a great challenge. It's pushed me in a lot of ways, but also um, frustrated me in a lot of ways. Yeah. But on the uh, other hand, it's been super fun. So we talked a little bit about frustration for a minute. What is your favorite part of doing this podcast? Oh, man, my favorite part of doing the podcast. Uh, I I really do love the actual recording part of it, um, which is probably not the best answer, but I do because we do have a lot of fun recording these. I think it's very yeah. enjoyable. Um, we get to, you know, I like the research too, cause I'm a huge nerd. So yeah. it's nice to be able to go in and like build this, like to dive into it and try to find, you know, what's the most reliable information that I can find for this. And, you know, if we find a source, oftentimes we'll go in and we'll like back check the source to make sure the source itself isn't biased. Or sometimes I'll intentionally use a source that I know is biased, like the heritage foundation, something yeah. like that to make a point that goes against their primary talking point which is yes always fun when when you use information from somebody who is against something to prove their point wrong um or at least to argue against their point um so yeah i, I love the research and recording um but that seems dumb because that's that's that seems like a bad answer to me because that's what we do like that's the podcast you research and record it so the whole my favorite thing about the podcast is the podcast uh no um i mean it makes sense to me it just feels like a cop out answer. That's why I'm. That's why I'm like struggling with it. You know, <laughs> well, like, all right. What's your favorite part? What's your favorite part? Let me hear what your answer is going to be. I have two favorite parts: the so, research and recording. Right. <laughs> no, I mean I do also love those, but right. no. Uh, my first favorite part is all of the conversations that I've gotten to have with people that I never thought I would have conversations about this stuff with, like. Um, being living in a very conservative space and having spent a majority of the last 25 years in a very conservative group of people, um, especially the last 20 years there on my Facebook feed and my social network are, there are a lot of people who fall on the other side of the points that we make a lot in this podcast and even though we try not to be biased you know we we see where the information ends up and a lot of times the research and the information ends up on the opposite perspective of of a lot of the people that I interact with every day and so when I get to have a conversation that is valuable or meaningful with someone who I know fundamentally at their core disagrees with me but we can still talk about the research we can still talk about why we ended up that way we can still talk about more than anything, I like to talk about what matters to them. Like, why? Why does this issue matter to you? And why are you so strong in this belief? And I've I've had the opportunity to, I think, help people expand their perspective. I'm like we say in the intro, we're not trying to get you to see things our way, but we're trying to get people to see things in a different way than they have before, whether or not they choose to change their beliefs or their behaviors. And so I've gotten to have some really, really amazing conversations with people about that. And then my second favorite part 
is actually the recording, which is for a different reason. I'm, I was the shy kid. I'm super introverted. I, this is probably one of the most uncomfortable things that I ever do in my entire life. And the fact that I still keep coming back and continue to do it, it's made me a braver person. It's made me a stronger person. Um, for the last like seven years now, I've had a life motto of be brave. So if something scares me, but it's not going to hurt me, then I really try to challenge myself to be brave enough to do it. And this was one of those things. And so sitting down in front of a camera every single week and having my voice on audio and cutting out clips and all of that stuff is very, very uncomfortable. Probably always will be, but it's a chance for me to grow. And I really like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that gets to the core of what I actually do like about this myself is that uh, it's hard to put yourself out there because people are going to dislike you, dislike it. And I'm somebody, and this is something I'm increasingly realizing about myself, that I strongly value everybody liking me. As in, I will sacrifice things that do make me happy personally in order to uh, appease or make somebody else happy. It's a problem, like mm -hmm. legitimately a problem I am yeah. in therapy about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Aren't we all? If we're, if we're going to put it out there. Yeah, like um, to the point where it's gotten me into some pretty severe like uh, situations where I have sort of lost myself because I was too busy trying to make sure that everybody liked me. Mm -hmm. Um, and in doing this by its very nature, I can't, I can't do that. Like it, it is impossible to do this and ensure that everybody that listens to it is going to like me. Yeah. And you can, if you listen and you know that that's how my mentality is, if you listen to our earlier episodes and then our later or our more recent ones, you can hear at first where I'm very careful about couching things and how I yeah. word something. And, you know, just because we said this doesn't mean this and that sort of thing. And like, and some of the feedback we got on our earlier episodes was that, was that it sounds like you're trying to coddle people too much, Yeah. Um, which I understand. And it, a lot of that was driven by the fact that like, I, even though I believed what I was saying, I didn't want to run the risk of alienating yeah. people. Um, and what I like about the podcast is that it's forcing me to, to put my personal stance and belief and things out there, even though, again, we do try to make it clear when something's a personal belief and, and some, and something's based in research, um, like it forces me to practice that sort of mindful, not everybody has to like you. That's Okay stand by your convictions. Um, and that's been a great growth, uh, moment, moment, series of moment, year, two years for me. Yeah. Two years. Um, yeah, yeah. We're two and a two, two and two plus now it'll be three next summer. So yeah. Two and some change. It's crazy. Yeah. But, 
Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is, is, you know, I've, I've had in, engagements. I don't think I've actually ended up having as many conversations with people that I know as you have, even though I know several people that I know listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of our audience is people hello. that, you know, <laughs> hello, Ellis. Yes. Um, but like a lot of them are in general agreement with what we're saying anyway. So it's not challenging if they yeah. listen to it. I, there have been some, at least one time listeners I know that don't agree with things that we talk about here. And that has been always like, Oh, when they ask about her, when it comes up that I have a podcast, yeah. I know that they're going to be a little like, Hmm, I'm always like, yep, I have a podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, it's called fireside breakdowns and you should listen to it. Mm-hmm. I look forward to your thoughts and then I Yeah. Most of the time nothing happens. Like they just they either don't listen to it or they're like, yeah, it was a great episode. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't so bad. No. I, yeah. I do pucker. Like I get a little cringy every time someone brings up the fact that I have a podcast. Um well, like when when I got security breached at at my work we have a whole slack channel that is devoted to what happens when people accidentally leave their computers unlocked um it's called security breach and it has only ever happened to me twice both were within the last six months when we moved my desk to a new location and uh this last time somebody put in i have the best podcasts in the world everyone should listen to it and i like I cringed really, really hard in yeah. my heart, knowing that the entire company saw that. And even though I know that there are people in my work that listen to the podcast, I like it just made me really uncomfortable, uncomfy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the, it's good. Uncomfy, it I guess. Good. It is a good uncomfy. It's growth uncomfortable instead yes. of pain and death uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sometimes, um, sometimes it all feels like pain and death uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, there's a huge but. overlap there. Um, it's, what's interesting is that the reason I love theater and if you are new to the show, I do have a, a degree in theater. Um, the reason I love it is for the same reason you love the podcast. And that's because before I had a degree in theater, I was pretty shy. I definitely wasn't outgoing. Um, I think I'm, still introverted to a degree although most people would probably laugh to hear that um <clears throat> they laugh at me too me. when i say it i just yeah. tell them i'm an introvert with coping skills exactly i'm really good at faking it guys yeah. but you're exhausting please leave me i alone. promise i will um, have a headache <laughs> as soon as i get in the car after being at this social event yeah I have, I have, I have done my one social event for this uh two-week period <laughs> i will see you at the end of the month thank you yes um but yeah, that's exactly why I, you know, I love theater and, and I'm still passionate about it is because it does force that growth. And this has been a natural extension of, of that um, for both of us in different ways. And that makes yeah. me very happy. Hmm. hmm. Do you have, <laughs> do you have a moment that didn't make the pod that is your favorite oh, God. that we can share with the world now? There is one blooper cut that I think it's like four minutes long and it's just an absolute train wreck. Um, it is just completely derailed and I think I spend half of it laughing 
Um, I may have almost fallen out of my chair at some point. The bloopers are my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this entire thing. And there are days when it's just a rough day and I'll just go hop in the bloopers folder and pull something up because it makes me laugh. And uh, and laughing is is the the best way to pull me out of a funk. So I love all the bloopers. Um, we have so many quite bloopers. A few. I'm looking I'm looking at the blooper reel. We've actually what's weird is that we're uh, yeah, what, what's weird is like we have far fewer bloopers now than we used to. Part of that's because we're more comfortable just leaving crap in. Yes. That is is yes. silly. Um, and part of that's also, I, we actually like have gotten kind of good at doing this. I, I, we have. I dare say, um, yeah, we, we've gotten a lot better. I think um, yeah. another reason that we don't have as many bloopers lately is that we, a lot of times when we record, um, we're a little pressed for time and a lot of our bloopers happened. Yeah when it would be a smooth jazz recording and it's 11 o'clock at night and we've both had crazy days and we can't get our heads on board and it's just a mess. Yeah, we're trying to meet a deadline. Yeah, or we would be like sitting for two hours, three hours on a call and things just get out of hand and we don't get the opportunity to do that very much anymore. Um, But when we do, those episodes are always the most fun, the smooth jazz late night deep voice recordings where we all pretend we're Delilah. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Fireside Late Night. Um, I think the blooper you're referring to is actually named Three Minutes of Chaos. Yes, that's Um, it. (laughs) Maybe, maybe we'll put it up on the the Patreon uh, as a bonus incentive i don't know maybe we'll make it public so if you go yeah. check out our patreon you can do it you can that see would it. be super fun um, I, i'm gonna one, have to listen to it again to remember what we were actually talking it's about a mess. it's it is just completely a mess um but then the, um, the other one the ones about tucker carlson are also my favorite oh. <laughs> mm, yeah so sometimes a lot like Michael Scott, we will start a sentence and uh, we don't know where it's going to end. And uh-huh, uh-huh. part of that is the <laughs> part of that is the the ADHD in us, and part of that is under pressure. Sometimes we're trying to to do a fill or a transition, and we have information. We know where we want the information to take us. And the transition just doesn't like it does not make a good sentence. It makes a highly questionable sentence or something that's going to sound really bad if it actually makes it out into the real world. Yes. Um, a lot of those get incinerated. They don't even get saved in the blooper folder. Um, but there's been a number of times where we've, you know, it's kind of said something and I've gone, wait a minute. I can't, I can't say that. <laughs> so that was also in the pre YouTube days. So now we have, yeah. now that's the other thing, the, the other sort of, thing is that we have a, a like big brother is watching all of our recordings yeah. now like all of the raw footage is up on youtube stuff that doesn't make the podcast stuff that doesn't make the blooper folder stuff that doesn't make anywhere is it lives for eternity on youtube on now, the youtube on the youtube so you get the truly 
I mean, it's harder to listen to um, because yeah. of that. But it you get the the truly uh, chaotic window into our souls. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. Plus, you get to see that sometimes we're not dressed like the professional talk show hosts that we try to sound like, Mm-mm. and we're hanging out in bleach stained, you know, Nightwing t shirts <laughs> recording things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or or post workout, uh, post strongman like halters and oh god, <laughs> spaghetti straps. Sometimes uh. you just gotta you just gotta record. So what's your favorite blooper? Do you have a favorite blooper? Um, There's there's a lot. I'm trying to remember. There's some Savannah moments that are always enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are pretty good. Melatoninally gifted was a a, a good moment. Yes. Where we were talking about... um, people who who have more melatonin or uh melanin yes i think is actually what we were that trying to say but word. i said but i said melatonin and yeah or i'll have to re-listen to it but yeah that was uh that was always fun there's there's so many a lot of them just make me look so dumb oh um, yeah same uh same how old is john when we learned that i'm the baby uh, oh that that's a good one it's fun yeah that's a good one um so, although speaking of Savannah, um, my, this is a good place as any to put it in there due to ongoing uh, life events and chaos, she has had to uh, completely drop out of the pod indefinitely. So, um, we are grateful and yeah. absolutely uh, thrilled to have had her as part of the team and very much look forward to her continued success. And we will definitely uh be reading her book and i think we'll probably talk about it at on the show at some point um yeah we should do a fireside reads yeah one because i like it's it's a fun book to read it's not a fun book to read excuse me it's a good book to read for your knowledge i think what might be fun in a macabre sort of way is uh robin's reactions to it because savannah uh, has had a very rough go of it in yeah. a lot of ways, and she does not shy away from it in this book. Um, so it's it's again, Corporal Cannon. Please uh, check it out if you're interested in that at all. I think you can pre-order it by the time this episode comes out. It might be it might be printing. It might be shipping already. It does happen at the end of September. That's um, awesome. So it depends on because there's no solid date. So it depends on when you know it's actually going to happen. Uh, but yes, for now we will we will bid her adieu, and uh, I guess that technically means that we do have a uh, production assistant <laughs> slot <laughs> open. If anybody wants to do a couple hours of work a month for free for us, that would be yeah. super cool. Um, we will shower you with yeah. praise, so much praise. Mm-hmm. And if you write a book, we'll pump it on our podcast all the time. Yeah. Oh, speaking That's of like, books, okay. So here's a question I did want to ask you. If yeah. you were going to take all the work that we've done in the last hundred episodes and turn it into a book, what would it be about? Oh, so I think the underlying theme, I think of our show and, and this, it would be a coffee table book 
first mm-hmm. of all, of course, it'd be huge with like picture references to stuff because that's what I dream about when I think about making a book based on our research, because yes, I do in fact think about that and dream about it. So it'll probably happen at some point. Um, I think the through line would have to be how, how bias integrates itself into our thinking so easily mm-hmm. and and like i've read i was reading a study last week about how even people who are trained and spend their careers uh you know performing logic as like literal philosophers who are known and who are aware of fallacies and biases and how they affect your thinking and arguments even people like that are prone to applying bias in their thinking and falling for the same traps that the rest of us are and they and at at the at the same rate as the rest of us are um including me including robin like Mm -hmm. we know that the bias that we hold is in every single one of our episodes in every single one of our, our shows. So I think the book would definitely have to, like the through line would be discussions about how bias impacts these topics. And I think we could tie together a, a several section long, you know, three or four section long um, ex, ex, exploratory i feel like that's the wrong word for it um of you know given topics of you know like extremism or racial justice or Mm -hmm. um you know climate or you know any number of things that we talk on talk about on the show uh native american history alone um which is one of our perennial favorite topics uh because we learn so much every time we do an episode involving um, the indigenous population in the Americas and and their history and the and the struggles that they've had to uh, overcome to to be where they are. Um, I I think we could have a very compelling like highlight of where bias or of how bias is it is forming our country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Uh, So I think if I was going to write a book, it would be something along the lines of why we can't talk to each other and how to fix it. Um, And a lot of that does come down to bias. But so much of what we've discovered in doing this research is that bias and cognitive dissonance and self-protection, all of these things factor in so heavily to our ability to talk about these issues. And we've had to face them ourselves as as we're writing. We've done entire episodes on it. And I at least have not encountered or read a book that talks about why it's so difficult for us to have these conversations and why we can't get to a place of common ground because we've learned so far that it's not because one side is completely right or completely wrong. And often it's not because people are intentionally trying to be unkind or to harm other people. It's, it's a lot of, of just self-preservation in, in the way that human brains work, in the way human feelings work. And Part of me hopes that if we can explain to people why it's so hard to have these conversations and give them some 
pointers on on how to avoid those things or how to recognize more than anything i think it's about recognizing those things in ourselves so that when we approach a conversation we're able to do it in a way that's not combative this has changed the way that i've talked to people that i do talk to people about these things because i lead with the bias i lead with the cognitive dissonance i lead with what is making you afraid right now what are you afraid of what is the worst thing that can happen and I think if we were more willing to have conversations in that way, then we would be able to solve some of these issues. Yeah. What, what's, what's the bad outcome that you are trying to prevent? Yeah. And once you know that, then you can start addressing the actual problem because so much of what uh, drives the conversation in our politics and our social arena is not you know this group should get special treatment or that group needs this or whatever it's i'm afraid of um (laughs) i'm afraid of being erased i'm afraid of losing myself i'm afraid of not being able to have the dream Mm -hmm. that i always wanted and that is a totally different conversation yeah because from those fears or from those concerns flow forth the you know the argument about defund the police the argument about systemic racism um, the argument about the second amendment yeah all of these things are about really at their core like for most people what do i need to live the life i dreamed about yeah. As a as a kid, you know, to live the life that I dream about now as an adult. And there's a lot of fear out there that if we make a change, especially a, a major change, um, that those those dreams are going to disappear. It's I'd say it's probably the number one thing behind resistance to adopting electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about whether or not electric vehicles are better for the environment. Anybody who's telling you that they're against electric vehicles because lithium's worse for the environment or whatever like that, they don't care. Mm-mm. They don't. What they care about is whether or not they're going to be able to have that cross-country road trip with their, you know, family without making it a bigger headache. Yeah. What they care about is are they going to be able to use their work truck to get their work done so they can pay their bills so that they can, you know, live without completely altering how they live their life those are the things that cause cause people to dig in their heels a lot of people won't acknowledge it right i've found like it's never or it's rarely has somebody connected sub uh their conscious arguments with that subconscious fear and that's why i think you're leading off with you know what are what are you actually worried about uh talking point is so effective yeah it's that's been a game changer question for me in having conversations conversations like this with people help me understand what you're afraid of yeah although that's a loaded question in and of itself because a lot of people are like i'm not afraid of anything right so right it's not what i'm not what i'm saying see episode on toxic masculinity oh man well believe it or not that's our time it is yeah we actually need to wrap this up because we're running long um, I'm not going to do an awkward segue 
I'm just going to say now's our time for our awkward segue. We're talking about firesidebreakdowns.com now. If you like what we do, if you want to see more of us, if you want to read what we have written and see the sources for it, that's the place to do it. Firesidebreakdowns.com. You can find the podcast. You can find the show notes slash script. You can find links to all of our social media. Um, so you can, you know, hopefully see the stuff that the algorithm buries. And uh, you can find a link to our uh, Patreon as well. If you would like to support us, we are forever grateful, of course, to our patrons. And you do get some bonus content, uh, extra anywhere from just a snippet to 15 extra minutes, usually uh, of research per episode. Um, early access to next week's episode. We try to get it out the a week in advance. Sometimes it's only a day or two in advance, but that's life. Um, we squeeze this podcast in <laughs> between our yeah. actual day jobs. So, um, but yeah, uh, and uh, coming soon to a screen near you, maybe a, a we've got to have a fireside breakdowns um, happy hour. Yeah, and that should be coming up. I think in October at some point. Yeah, got to look at the old schedule. The schedule. Uh, schedule do we have good news this week uh, or did we go launch into this blind okay this one can i this one's gonna be pretty personal to me um That's because fine. i love country music and i hate tucker carlson oh please no <laughs> listen listen anything that slaps that smug little man <laughs> i'm i am for putting in the good news section yes. i don't care what side of the aisle you are on we can all, we should all agree that Tucker Carlson is a blight on the academic mentality of our country yes. and should not be allowed to be a thought leader for anybody. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay so country singer Maren Morris, love her to pieces. Um, she responded to publicly to some comments that another country singer's wife made that um, were, were pretty transphobic and... Tucker Carlson called her out on his show and called her a lunatic country music person. Um, and because she is young and sassy and quite delightful, she had some T-shirts made that say Maren Morris, lunatic country music person. Ah. And she sold those. Um, and they ha it has a phone number for the um, what actual hotline, the trans lifeline on the front of the shirt. That's awesome. And she has raised at this point over a hundred thousand dollars that will be going directly to LGBTQ and trans supportive organizations. Uh, so, so thanks Tucker Carlson for helping raise money, raise money for transgender ah. awareness and support. And uh, thanks to Maren Morris for literally just being so sassy and using that for good. You'd think that the people who got so wrapped around the axle for being called degenerates would have, and then rallied around it, uh, would know better. Would know better than to name call uh, other people. Right, and I mean, if you're going to name call, can we please come up with something better than lunatic country music person? <laughs> like, what? Well, what? we could. We could. Tucker Carlson is not capable. He's not. He's not. That was that was the extent of his abilities. Before we get canceled for canceling Tucker Carlson, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So um, I just want to thank everybody. Truly, 
Uh, if you're listening to this from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We do put a lot of effort into this um, to help make your life a little uh, more informed, we hope, and give you a, a little better footing for making the decisions um, uh, that you will have to make if you're at all engaged with this world. Um, we do appreciate your listenership, even if you don't leave us any reviews, you jerks. So <laughs> no, truly, your, your listening to the podcast is all that we ever really need. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. With that, have a great week. We'll see you one week from today and take care of each other.